quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Don't wait till when you're ready because we hear that a lot. Hey, I'm going to wait till I'm ready. Invest now. Property values over time typically go up I and mean, we can see right now how high they are so i would say start investing today welcome to the best ever show the world's longest running daily commercial real estate podcast our hosts interview commercial real estate experts every day to get you the best advice ever with none of the fluffy stuff hello best ever listeners welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show i'm ash patel and i'm with today's guest Bob LeChance. Bob is joining us from West Hartford, Connecticut. He is the founder and CEO of Riva Global, a virtual assistant training and staffing company for real estate professionals, as well as a founder and CEO of Perch Rock, a company that buys houses in Connecticut, Massachusetts, and Rhode Island. Bob's portfolio consists of multiple flips and syndications. Bob, thank you for joining us, and how are you today? Thanks for having me. I'm doing great. How about you? Very well. Bob, before we get started, can you give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now? Absolutely. Two-second rundown. I started real estate back in 2004, so we're going back a little bit. Been in this business for a while. Prior to that, played professional hockey for eight years. I mean, currently right now, through the years, I helped start a couple of different real estate education programs, invested in syndications, buy and hold. 2014, I started my first virtual assistant company. Now we have around a thousand virtual assistants. My company's out of the Philippines there. And also we use our virtual assistant company in my real estate company here in Connecticut. We're actually in Cheshire, Connecticut. I live in West Hartford, but we're in Cheshire, Connecticut here. And we did about 240 transactions last year, and we're set to do a little bit more than that this year, all the while using our virtual assistants to fuel the fire in the background. Out of all the things you have going on, what do you want to do when you grow up? <laughs> I want to do what you do. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I want to hang out with you in that beautiful background. Real estate's the best, I'll be honest with you. And, and people ask me that question all the time. I have a, just a passion for real estate. It started back in 2004. And everything that I do, obviously running my virtual assistant company and my flipping company slash wholesaling company and buy and hold, if you will. Those kind of combine together. I love being a business owner. We call have a partner too in my real estate company. So I just love the team atmosphere and helping build companies as well. All right. So I was going to ask you a question and it was going to start out by saying for those people who don't have VAs and don't know much about them. Mm -hmm. And then I started thinking, that's me. I've got physical <laughs> humans that work alongside of me and I've never ventured into the VA arena. I don't know if I'm scared. I think there's too big of a learning curve. What's your advice to people like me? You know what? I look at a lot of us. We are small business owners, and a lot of us, like you said, are nervous about taking that step. The good thing about, I know COVID was not a good thing, but it really allowed business owners to look at outsourcing as something that was a need back when COVID happened. Now it's more of the norm and is a lot more comforting. But what I say is just like when we look at our businesses and we analyze our businesses, I like to say, get all of the income producing tasks, like separate the income producing tasks from the non-income producing tasks, and then look at all of those and start with those to get them off your plate. And one of the things that I've also realized through the years and when I was 
helping run a, a coaching program was we always think we could do everything better than everybody else. And if you take certain tasks off your plate and someone does them 80% as good as you, that's a huge win. Because if you could offload 20 hours a week or 40 hours a week of tasks that you don't like doing or that somebody could do 80% as good as you, get them off your plate and it's going to grow your business every single day that you do that. All right. Maybe two of my holdups are trust and the learning mm -hmm. curve. So I have an assistant that has access to all my bank accounts, all my credit cards. Mm -hmm. I'm skeptical about giving somebody that access overseas. And then two, yep. the learning curve. And this is probably just me. I feel like the learning curve for somebody that's several countries away might be a bit higher than somebody that will sit next to me in my office. Yep, and I know that's I, sound, a, God, I sound old. No, no, that's valid. But I talk to clients that use my service that have started exactly what you're talking about, started where you are right now on that kind of thought process as well. One of the things that we do in our company is we train our virtual assistants. They have a month of training and I train them exactly what I do in my own business. So if you're looking for someone to do admin work, bookkeeping, do cold calling, texting, lead generation, lead management, we have virtual assistants that are trained to do that. So there's a lot of different things that we train our virtual assistants on. And here's what I always tell people. And someone asks me, All right, what do you train them on? So like I said, we have a business here that we use. I think we have 20 plus virtual assistants doing different tasks from cold calling to text messaging to lead management to bookkeeping to social media. I have a podcast as well called Pucks the Properties, which we actually interview ex-players that have jumped into real estate. So it's a pretty cool thing. We have a virtual assistants behind the scenes that cut up our videos and post them on all of our different types of social media channels. So how this works is they go through all of our training and then let's say you have the virtual assistant company and I go to you. I already know that majority of the tasks that I want to do, the virtual assistants are trained on, but 20% of the things that you do and I do in our real estate business are probably a little bit different. Maybe it's a CRM that's different. Maybe it's a list provider that you use that I don't use, but we have a team and we have management company as well, or managers overseeing our virtual assistant and clients that help along the way of getting that training and going side by side. We've also had our training team jump in if you need help with extra training and creating that training as well. So we've kind of crossed that and filled that potential challenge and void for small business owners. I love hearing that you train them. We did use a VA for video editing. And it was a huge learning curve. The product that we got back kept having to be scrutinized and changed. There was a lot of issues with that. And we ended up parting ways because we could never get there. We would deal with somebody like you to give that VA feedback. Is that right? That's correct. And just to give you a little background on how our company works, like I said, I started back in 2014 and we have a sourcing team, a recruiting team that goes through about a thousand applications a month and they siphon. So if we have a client that comes in that wants social media management, as an example, we've already gone through all those applications and then they've already gone through our training. And then when they get to our placements team, it's kind of like match.com. We place the perfect virtual assistant and they do predictive index, do some PI as well. So you know exactly what you're getting in the individual, share the resumes with you as the client, and then we match you up and then we're, passed off to our operations team, so where we have a manager and a VA working with, obviously, you as the client. Bob, what is the cost for a VA that does bookkeeping 
and a VA that mm-hmm. does video? We have a very standard. I've tried every different pricing model. We have a part-time, full-time. That's our model. And it's $10.60 an hour, no matter what. So we've kept it very standardized. Like I said, we've tried everything. And there's a lot of different stuff. You know that when running businesses, there's a lot of different models that you have to figure out what model works best for you. And that's the one that we've realized that works best for us. I like that. Very simple. You know what you're getting. And how versatile are these VAs? If I have one full-time person, can they possibly do bookkeeping and video? That all depends. Here's the way I look at it. And that's a great question because I get that question a lot. Make sure that that one individual has the right profile to be able to do multiple things. It's kind of like if you have a bookkeeper here in your own office sitting right next to you, you're going to have to train them on video editing because it's definitely a different skill. So here's what we do. We have individuals not sit with, but talk to our mission specialists and we walk through exactly what you're looking for. And then we could guide you the correct way. So if you want someone to do bookkeeping and then cold calling, I would say those are two totally different types of people. So I would recommend you get maybe one part-time virtual assistant for this task, because the way I look at it is our job is to make sure you are extremely successful because that looks good on us, obviously as a company as well. Yeah, that is amazing. It was probably two years ago at the best ever conference, I ran across a couple of very high-level syndicators, and their entire executive admin staff is all virtual, and that blew us away. These people literally planned one of their spouse's birthday parties from overseas. Their executive assistants are all virtual, and at the time, I didn't think that was possible. Somebody that closely monitors your emails is intimately involved with your business, gets gifts and plans vacations for your family blew my mind that you could have somebody do that. Have you experienced executive assistants like that? Yeah, we actually have a lot of clients that use our service that way as well. Email management, calendar management, setting up events, et cetera. So we actually have many clients that do that. It's kind of interesting you just said that because I was talking to a client the other day about this exact thing. Where do you see the biggest benefit for VAs? Is it in deal finding? Is it in offloading tasks, scaling somebody's business? I see it in a lot of different ways. If someone's looking to scale, someone's become more efficient, someone wants time back in their day, kind of fits in those three buckets. We have some very large property management companies that have upwards of 20 of our virtual assistants doing accounts payables, accounts receivables. When tenants call in, they're the first line of defense. So it doesn't go to obviously the the property owner. So we have a laundry list of different things and different types of clientele. For the small business owner that is doing, let's say fix and flip or wholesaling or things like that, we have a lot of clients that use our virtual assistants for lead generation, which is obviously driving leads, whether it's cold calling or text messaging or taking inbound calls from direct mail or TV, et cetera. That's more on the lead generation side. And then again, there's the branding of it too. I use virtual assistants in my own business to promote not only Reva Global, but also our Perch Rock company. So all this stuff that we're doing here, I have a virtual assistant come in and what they'll do is they'll cut up this video and post them on different sites like LinkedIn and Facebook and Instagram and things like that. One of my fears would be that we get an awesome VA and they end up leaving. How do you Mm -hmm. combat that? I know there's no solution, but what's your best effort at combating that? Well, it's kind of funny. That's one of the reasons why I started this company because I went through some of that pain right there where I went out to all these free sites and I looked through all these resumes and I went through probably a hundred of them. I picked somebody and then they left and I'm like, oh, now I got to rinse and repeat. 
So we've taken care of all of that. If hypothetically a virtual assistant, we just had one move from the Philippines to Canada. So what we did is we backfilled that role. We put you on three interviews with three other rockstar virtual assistants that we have. So what we'll do is we'll get them up and running. If that ever happens, it happens every once in a great moon. But like you said, it does happen every once in a while. Now, if I get a VA that becomes an absolute rock star and they're like, look, I'm way more valuable than whatever I'm getting paid, are they allowed to ask for pay raises? They are, as an example. So for me, I put them on very big bonuses. So like I said, we have our cold calling text message team and we have bonuses for the profit that is made in our real estate business. So what we do is we set them up on bonuses. Their salaries stay the same, but you put them on a higher bonus level which is one of the incentives that I always, always recommend that individuals that use our virtual assistants do in their businesses. I love that. So you can reward the people that are working Correct. very hard for you. Let's dive into your real estate business. What do you got? What do we got? Well, we've expanded in different markets. We literally just got three properties under contract in Pennsylvania today. So we do it in Florida, Georgia. We're in Alabama, Arkansas. Connecticut, North Carolina, we just closed a deal in Pennsylvania. We're in Connecticut, Massachusetts, and Rhode Island as well. So we do a, a ton of marketing. So we're really good at driving and leads to our sales floor. We actually just went out to lunch with our whole team today. I think as of today, we have 10 acquisition guys. We have three dispo. We have three TCs, transaction coordinators. Our virtual assistants also act as transaction coordinators. We have Two admin, we have a COO, I may be missing somebody. We have a director of sales and myself and my business partner. So that is kind of how it's made up of our real estate company. What percentage of these individuals are remote or virtual? All of our lead generation is all remote. We use all of our virtual assistants to drive in those leads. But all those individuals I just told you about are in our office. The way our company is set up is, like I said, we use our virtual assistants to do all the lead generation that comes into the sales floor, goes right into our CRM and our sales individuals, our acquisition reps are calling all day long on all those leads that come in. Is this mostly single family flips? Yeah, we'll have single family. We'll have anywhere from probably six and less. We don't go after the bigger buildings right now because that's not our niche, but it's usually probably one to four units. Got it. What are some of the most innovative ways you've seen people use VAs? One of the innovative ways, I would say, just answer one question first. The most common ones I'm seeing right now are lead generation, are using a lot more today on bookkeeping. This seems to be a, a huge trend. But innovative, I would say there's a lot of commonality in, in the real estate business, as you know, where you got lead generation, you have branding, you have writing contracts, writing offers, a lot of research, skip tracing. We have property managers that use our service for a lot of different things. But innovative probably be the executive role like we just talked about on managing their calendars, setting up events and things like that. I think those are mostly the biggest innovative ways to use our company. We'll get back to the show with the first some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. Are you thinking about investing in multifamily real estate? Need some insight on how it's done? On the Small Axe Podcast, multifamily investor Nico Salgado interviews the top multifamily investors in the nation to uncover the secrets and strategies behind their success. He also features newer multifamily investors chronicling their journeys for a full year so you can learn alongside other investors. Nico believes that it only takes a small axe to build an empire. 
So if you're ready to build your multifamily empire, check out the Small Axe Podcast with Nico Salgado on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. Deciding how to invest your capital is more challenging than ever. That's why it's never been more important to partner with a company with a solid track record and that has thrived through various economic cycles. Companies like BAM Capital. BAM Capital is a trusted multifamily syndicator that has delivered a historical average of over 35% IRR with an average hold period of three and a half years. BAM Capital has never missed a preferred payment, never lost an LP's investment, and never called capital past the subscription amount. BAM Capital is currently raising capital for a fund designed for accredited investors targeting a 15 to 20% IRR and a 2 to 2.5x equity multiple to its investors over a three to five year hold period. If you're an accredited investor and you want to learn more about multifamily investment opportunities with BAM Capital, visit capital.thebamcompanies.com. Again, that's capital.thebamcompanies.com. I remember my first hire, it was like a drug. It's somebody that you can offload tasks to, and it is an incredible feeling knowing that you don't have to do everything yourself. Do you find that trend where somebody starts with one VA and ends up with multiple? Yeah, it's funny. We hired a, an admissions specialist, which is a, a salesperson. He's like, All right, I want to go after these bigger companies that want 10. And I, I would talk to him and say, listen, you have to understand that people need to get comfortable before they start building. So you look at that individual and I always recommend you start with one because if a company comes in and says, I want five, it's a lot more difficult to get them set up. If you start with one, they gain confidence. They'll start adding and adding and adding depending on which role it is. So that's what I see the best way to do it. I know some other individuals may preach something else, but I say start with one and then you gain confidence and you keep adding one. Where are most of your VAs located? All my virtual assistants are in the Philippines. Okay. What's the biggest reason they fail? Not the VAs fail, but what's the biggest reason that somebody that hires a virtual assistant never gets traction and they end up just abandoning the process? That happens when individuals are not clear on what they want to use a virtual assistant for. Small business owners say, I know I need help, but they don't identify what help they actually need. They want help on bookkeeping, then they want help on cold calling, then they want help on social media management, and they want help on writing contracts. Those are all different types of skills that I just labeled. So that's what I see is if they're not directly 100% know exactly what they're going to use the virtual assistant for, that's when clients have challenges on what to actually give the VA. This might be a naive question, but we write leases and at times they're 10 year long leases for commercial storefronts. Mm -hmm. Is that something I can trust the VA with? You already have your leases that are already filled up by your attorneys are created by your attorneys. So we do have virtual assistants that obviously fill in the information. That'd be more on the transaction coordinating side or on the upfront writing offers. 100% yes, but they're not creating the contract. Just to make sure, I want to make sure I'm clear on that. All the attorneys obviously around will create that contract and they can fill it in. Interesting. What's your advice to somebody that doesn't believe in virtual assistants? They want somebody physically near them. Well, my advice is obviously is try it. Because I've talked to a lot of people that say, I just want someone sitting right next to me. And I get it. I 100% get it. But small business owners, we have to look at exactly our budget every single month. So one of the things I would say is, look at your budget. It works. I use it in my own business. So I'm a perfect example. I have 500 plus 
virtual assistants with clients. I use about 20 virtual assistants in my own business. So anyone could come to my office to say, hey, how does this work? So that's what I would say. I would say try it. And if you have any questions, you can reach out to me directly. And one of the things in my business is I'm very cognizant of when I'm talking about virtual assistants that I use them because I don't like when I buy a product and the owners don't use their own product. It's kind of like this podcast, right? You guys own properties all over. You guys create a fund and you have a bunch of different properties under management, et cetera, and you have a podcast. To me, I love that because I know that what we're talking about, you guys do as well. Yeah. Here's another question. Our video person, they basically plugged in our content into an AI platform that spit out whatever, right? And they billed us for a whole bunch of hours that I know they didn't spend. How do you deal with that? Or how would I deal with that if I used your service? (laughs) Well, that's more on the content side of it. That's more on the advertising marketing. We don't have many virtual assistants that do that because of the AI. And like I said, we have part-time, full-time virtual assistants. You don't get billed per hour. It's just a service per month. So that's the way I would answer that question. How you would deal with it, I would definitely start tracking. There's different types of products like Time Doctor that'll take screenshots of your computer to make sure efficient and working at those different times. But we don't have those challenges at all. But that's a very, very good question, especially with AI right now. I get that question a lot. Yeah. So you said you don't have those challenges. Do you recommend if we use your service that we use some of those tracking metrics? Yeah, I use it as well. It all depends. The beauty of what we do and the best way to manage it, we have our client service managers that manage the virtual assistants as well. And we have our VA send an end of day report. So as an example, if I'm having my virtual assistant do cold calling, they're going to send me an end of day report to go over and look at how many calls were made, what was the connect rate and how many leads were driven in. So you get an end of day report and that's the same for every other task. So if you know exactly what your VA is doing, if they're looking to build a buyer's list, let's just say, so you'll have an active, let's say Google sheet, and you'll see exactly what they're doing on a daily basis. If you want to log in and keep that sheet open at all times, and you'll get an end of day report on top of that. This is a tough question, but how (laughs) important is it to address burnout? And the example that I'm thinking of, Foxconn in China that builds iPhones. There's literally one person that puts the top right screw on the iPhone for 12 hours a day. And these people lose their minds, right? They have to install suicide nets so that people aren't jumping off balconies at Foxconn. How important is that when you have a VA? I wouldn't want to just go through a thousand phone calls a day asking the same question, getting hung up on how cognizant do people have to be in monitoring burnout? You'll be able to monitor it by the end of day report. Like I said, yeah, I do have virtual assistants that have been with us for five years and doing the same exact task. You got to realize in the back end, in the Philippines, the call center world is a lot of times where individuals go for work. So that's exactly what they do on a daily basis. So for us in the United States, we're used to doing 700 different things. But in different countries, a lot of times you're very specialized on, like your example, putting that one screw in. You're specializing, you know, every single day that for you to do the tasks that you're paid to do, you'll do all of these tasks. So to be honest, we don't see a lot of burnout like that in what we do because it's a lot different. I mean, when you are on the phone, 
you are having different phone calls, right? You're having different conversations. Good. Yeah, you'll have a script. And I always say this with scripting, no matter what, if they're in your office or not, make it yourself, make it you. Because if I'm talking on the phone and I have a script and you have the same exact script, it's going to go different because of the way your personality is compared to my personality and somebody else's. So I think that a lot of time prevents burnout, but that is a very, very good question to ask because you got to know up front. And one of the things that I always look at is how long have they been on the job? So when we interview virtual assistants that come into our company, we look at, are they job hoppers? How long have they lasted in the last job? So that's an indication of not only someone who's probably going to stay for a lot longer, but that's also an indication of, did they get burned out prior to this job? So those are some of the things that we look at to try to weed out right up front. Bob, tell us again, how does somebody reach out to your company and get the process rolling with these virtual assistants? Absolutely. Well, you can check us out online or our website, which is Reva Global, R-E-V-A Global. Dot com. We have a strategy session, an individual who will take some time to spend with you, and you can ask them any questions to see if a virtual system will fit what you're looking for. Awesome, Bob. This is a real estate podcast. I got to ask you, what is your best real estate investing advice ever? Start buying properties now. Don't wait till when you're ready because we hear that a lot. Hey, I'm going to wait till I'm ready. Invest now. Property values over time typically go up. I mean, we can see right now how high they are. So I would say start investing today. Awesome. Bob, are you ready for the best ever lightning round? Let's do it. All right. What's the best ever book you recently read? I would say Compound Effect by Darren Hardy. What was your big takeaway? Big takeaway is cash flow. So the compound effect, as you start buying properties and you're paying down your mortgage and sometimes rents go up before you know it, you buy one property, two properties, three properties, and your cash flow starts going up every single month. Your pay down goes down and you're creating a bunch of different ways that you're making money off of properties that you buy. Bob, what's the best ever way you like to give back? We have a charity actually every year when I'm in the Philippines. We have a big event that we run typically in November. And when I'm over there, we give back to battered families and kids. The parents have passed away or something happens with them and orphanages. So we do a lot with children over there in the Philippines. And that's the best way we like giving back as a company. I was going to ask you if you actually go to the Philippines to meet these virtual assistants. I'm assuming the answer is yes, based on your last answer. We do. I go about three or four times a year. Awesome. Bob, how can the best ever listeners reach out to you? You can either send me an email. My email is bob at Reva Global, R-E-V-A Global. You can check us out on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram. So we're all over social media or you can reach out to me direct. I got to thank you for your time today and sharing what you're doing. You're solving a problem here because I bet there's a lot of people like me that used a virtual assistant, kind of got burned and didn't leave a good taste in my mouth. I'd rather just hire U.S.-based people. But I am going to go to Reva Global and give this another shot. So thank you for your time today and sharing what you do. Fantastic. Awesome. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Best ever listeners, thank you for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a five-star review. Share this podcast with someone you think can benefit from it. Also, follow, subscribe, and have a best ever day. Hi, best ever listeners. Joe Fairless here again. And one last thing before you go, would you like to receive a short weekly email with proven tips from experienced investors, free tools and resources, and a roundup of the week's most relevant news and best ever content? Well, if so... Join the community of nearly 15,000 commercial real estate passive and active investors who receive the best ever newsletter. 
Just go to bestevercre.com forward slash access and you'll get the very next one. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And as always, thank you for listening and have a best ever day.